Aloha, this is Abe's ukulele podcast, and I'm Abe. This podcast is for teachers and players of the ukulele that want to get better at teaching and playing. My guest today is Mika Kane. If we're talking about new gear, there's a new string maker I'd like to make sure that you know about. The strings I'm talking about are uk logic strings, and they're made by my friend Joel at Hawaii Music Supply. Now, it's been a good while since they first came out, but I wanted to say that I think they are fantastic. They're made of a material called super fluorocarbon or super carbon, and I find that they are a nice mix between bright and warm. There are options for high and low tension, as well as high and low G, and they come in sets for all four standard ukulele sizes. Although I'm sure if you have a sopranissimo or whatever it is, you can probably use those strings on that too. Brad Bordessa also says he's been really impressed with ukulogic strings lately. And Mika Kane says ukulogic strings are my go-to strings. Although they're fluorocarbon, they offer a very balanced articulate sound and still have that touch of warmth to it. It feels great whether it's high or low tension. Although it's hard to find a one-string-fits-all set, Joel's strings comes the closest in that regard with all the ukuleles I've played. Man. Well, don't take it from us. You have to get yourself a set and hear it for yourself. <laughs> if you want to learn more about me, my music, or just get in touch, hit the feedback link in the show notes or go to ukuleleabe.com. Mika Kane is an ukulele teacher and player from the island of Maui. He's put in thousands of hours practicing and studying the masters and has won multiple ukulele competitions throughout the Hawaiian Islands. At the University of Hawaii at Manoa, Mika studied music, and along with Dr. Byron Yasui, he put on the first ever classical ukulele concert in November of 2018. Although Mika plays a wide variety of music, his main focus is oldies and jazz with a classical influence. He's currently studying for his master's in education and working on new music projects. I'm sitting down Chris Kamaka has just left, and I'm in Kamaka ukulele. And suddenly, somebody has sat down that I'm not sure who it is. Can you tell me who you are and why do you play ukulele so well? <laughs> uh, thanks, Avi. Um, my name is Mika Kane. I'm from the island of Maui, born and raised. I'm 23 years old. Um, for as far as my, as my ukulele background, um, I started at 13 years old mm -hmm. in middle school. Um, completely self-taught. Um, I had a few friends who pulled me off to the side because I asked them to teach me how to play ukulele. Mm -hmm. And they taught me, or one of my best friends taught me for about a year, just kind of like off and on with their learning in ukulele class in middle mm -hmm. school. And then after that, um, I kind of pulled off and did my own like independent research. Free bird. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and just started playing on my own. And then um, YouTube was kind of a big thing back in 2000 gosh, 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, like every other person's story in my age, I came across Jake and I watched all his YouTube videos. I was really inspired to like, I want to be like that guy. Mm -hmm. I think like, um, that's something I would really want to do and get passionate, mm -hmm. be passionate about. So I started learning all his repertoire and then I started learning about other ukulele players like Kalei Gamiao and mm -hmm. Herbolta Jr. And I wanted to learn all their songs and pretty much 
up until the end of high school, that was like my peer foundation mm-hmm. of ukulele playing. And then when I came to college, I met uh, Dr. Byron Yusui. And to me, I was just so um, mesmerized by his jazz ukulele playing. Mm-hmm. And before that, I didn't know that he was in he could play classical ukulele and actually mm-hmm. I didn't even know classical ukulele was a thing but mm-hmm. he's the one who kind of opened up my eyes to that mm-hmm. and um, I told him that I wanted to study with him and I wanted to learn anything that he thought would be beneficial for me mm-hmm. and I knew that like that's the route I wanted to go down for ukulele I this wanted to like play jazz like a pure karate kid story <laughs> but it's ukulele yeah <laughs> So this is awesome. I uh, really wanted to learn how to play jazz ukulele, and then um, when I started working more with him, that's when he's like, "Hey, you should uh, really uh, study study classical music. It'll be really important, and it'll really benefit you." So mm-hmm. now I'd like to think of myself as a classical jazz ukulele player. classical jazz okay but just a little a mi- a mixture of both but mm-hmm. more classical style with some jazz influence. Mm-hmm. So that's my current playing style. Nice. Okay. This is awesome. This is kind of like, um, well, I'm excited because this is like uh, hearing about what Jake is doing, especially in schools. And like, you know, everybody who's good is getting old. It's like they want to inspire the next generation. So you are that next generation. This is really cool. So um, you were recently in Ukulele Magazine, even though it was a small part. Uh, Dr. Byron Yasui had a big headline article. And you were in there with a huge pile of lays on your neck. Um, what was it like to be in Ukulele Magazine? Uh, I mean, that was just, to me, just to be in Ukulele Magazine is a huge deal. But for me, it felt so special because um, Dr. Baron Yusui, or, or Dr. Yusui, he's, I respect him the most of anyone I've mm-hmm. ever come across in music. Mm-hmm. And to be able to just to study with him and kind of for him to be like my friend slash mentor, it just for him to take the time you know he's retired he has other things to do but he chooses to work with me and he mm-hmm. wants to work with me and to me that's like truly a blessing mm-hmm. and for him to you know i didn't even ask him anything like oh can you write about me please you know he just hey i wrote about you you mm-hmm. should go read it and then i read <laughs> it and i was just like oh my goodness like this mm-hmm. that's amazing and um just to be mentioned along the huge giants like jake and mm-hmm. all the other artists that he and that he mentioned benny chong i mean those are just the living legends right mm-hmm. now and just to be mentioned alongside with them in the ukulele magazine to me that was just mm-hmm. unbelievable and i was completely caught off guard that he wrote that much about me mm-hmm. he talked about me in that manner wow. so it was awesome total shock absolutely that's awesome well congratulations thank you <laughs> It was funny talking to him. Uh, I interviewed him also, and I was trying to get out this feeling of, like, why is Dr. Yasui important to the ukulele? Because I care as a player, um, and the article, I think, does a good job, but it's it's really nice talking to you because I think you really helped drive that point home mm-hmm. of, like, he's really important for ukulele players to know about and what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um so one of the things he's done is he's really pushed you and other players to study classical music, mm-hmm. especially reading music on the ukulele. Um, so one of the things you did, it was mentioned in the article, I believe. If not, I'll mention it now. Um, you played ukulele at the first ever recital at the That's University correct. of Hawaii. Yes. What was that like, putting that together and actually pulling it off? <sighs> So 
that uh, ukulele recital was about a three-year process. Can't can't exactly. Sh- I'm not exactly sure when it started, mm-hmm. but um, at first when I went into uh, UH Mano into the music department, um, I auditioned into the music program with ukulele, and they accepted me into the music program. But when I arrived there. They're like, we're sorry, we don't have ukulele in the program. <laughs> surprise! Um, yeah, surprise! We don't have ukulele. So, um, here's a here's a guitar. This is gonna be your instrument. Like, oh, I don't really know how to play guitar. He's like, well, we don't have ukulele, so you can you know, try try this song. Like, okay. So I stuck with it for about uh, three semesters, mm-hmm. and um, to me, that was a huge that was a huge thing for me. Even though I had to put the ukulele down for a while and mm-hmm. had to study classical guitar, I feel like the techniques I learned from that and just learning how to read music and not mm-hmm. just watching a video and looking towards the music for all the answers you need and how to play a piece was um, crucial to who I am today. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I didn't stick with it, I'm like, you know, I don't, I just don't want to focus on classical guitar anymore. I want to put it down to focus on ukulele. Um, this was kind of during the same time when I was studying with Dr. Yasui mm-hmm. and it was good that I did that because he could drive some points. Like, see, now I can talk to you on this level because you've studied classical guitar music. You've played it. You've, mm-hmm. you've, you've kind of done it. So mm-hmm. we're on this level where we can talk and I can mention things that other ukulele players wouldn't really know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So um, I, that's when I started to pick up the ukulele again. And I started studying with him full time. You know, I put the classical guitar down. And then I, you know, at the time at UH... Um, you're allowed to do either a junior recital, which is a 30-minute recital of uh, the instrument that you're taking private lessons with at UH Manoa in the music department, or you can do a senior project. So mm-hmm. because ukulele, or I put uh, guitar down, I couldn't I couldn't play guitar for my junior recital. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, well, let's do a senior recital. Let's do an ukulele recital. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my music advisor, and she was like, let's do it. That would be awesome. Like, that's mm-hmm. your legacy. That's what mm-hmm. you can do for the music department. So from then, um, I started learning Dr. Yusui's pieces, mm-hmm. all his arrangements. And then um, by my, I want to say junior academic school year, that's when we were like trying to put together our song list. Um, I had to write my project proposal to the music board. And once everything got cleared, like, yep, we'll let you do it. Um, well, the, my music advisor signed off on it. The music board signed off on it. So, we decided the 10 pieces that we were going to play. And um, we just went from there. We um, had private lessons once a week. We would spend four, five, six hours trying mm-hmm. to just work on the pieces. And I'll just say it was the most stressful thing, <laughs> most stressful thing I've ever done ukulele-wise to like prepare for just a concert. Or not even a concert, just a recital. And um, that night, the night of the recital, I was so nervous. Typically for me, I don't really get nervous when I play ukulele in front of people, whether it's five people, 100 people, or 1,000 people. Um, but for some reason, the night of the recital, and I was walking on stage, you know, there's a lot of my family, my friends, my music classmates, some of my classmates that I made through college, and my um, there's some musicians in the crowd. I mean, there's a bunch of, there's a lot of, just about everyone. Mm-hmm. And... um. I just remember my first three pieces, my hands are shaking and I couldn't stop shaking. And it was such an awkward feeling for me because I never had that happen to me. Mm. So it was just probably one of the hardest performances ever. But afterwards, I've had a lot of positive comments from the music department, from my music advisor, from Dr. Sui's colleagues. And to me, that's when it was all worth it because Mm. now I can always say like, I started it. So now 
um, back then when the music department was like, no, ukulele, it's not serious. <laughs> you know, you can't do it. Well, I did it. So now mm-hmm. if someone else wants to come in the music department and play ukulele, now hopefully the music uh, administration will be like, yeah, you know, Mika did it. So mm-hmm. we'll let them have a chance too because oh, nice. they are really tough on me giving me a chance. But just because I was working so closely with Dr. Isui, they're like, we'll give you a chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm really fortunate that they gave you mm-hmm. the chance because now it's kind of open. The doors are open for ukulele mm-hmm. at UH. So. So has there been, um, since then, has there been any, any developments in terms of like an ukulele degree? Have you seen anyone? No, there haven't. Okay, um, so this is a call out to any ukulele players, especially yep. on the islands of Hawaii. You got to come to U of H UH with Manoa. your ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> UH Manoa. The groundwork has been laid for you to come. That's so funny that you applied with ukulele. You got accepted. And then they're like, surprise here. Yeah. Guitar. <laughs> Hmm. It's only two more strings. What's the difference? Uh, so actually, I did want to know what um, what are some of the classical guitar techniques that you felt were most beneficial to playing ukulele or like helped you become a better ukulele player? Because I've I've played both and it's not immediately apparent to me because there's six strings and it's kind of like my thumb does the bass, my fingers do this. Mm-hmm. What what are you doing on the ukulele that could be considered? A guitar technique that you like? Um, so playing classical guitar, um, there's just so many techniques involved with your left hand and right hand. And before taking classical guitar, I kind of just played whatever on the ukulele. Mm-hmm. Like no one taught me really how to strum like this way or how to hold chords this way. So when I was studying classical guitar for the three semesters I was, um, you know, just your left hand alone, it, it teaches you how to place your fingers. You're going you know, to play on your fingertips. You want to you have your hand really relaxed, have your have your whole arm relaxed, your, um, what is that, your forearm really relaxed. Um, you want to be really light on your fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about energy efficiency. I'm not sure if that's yeah, what that's it's it. called. That's right. Energy well, efficiency. So I don't know if it's the right term, but that's what I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So basically, basically, when you're holding chords, you're not, if you don't need to hold it, you're not you're gonna release the pressure because mm-hmm. you don't want to just constantly hold it just because it's there. Like if you don't need to be using a specific finger at a certain point in the song, then you can release the pressure and kind of mm-hmm. relax your hand and only use what you really need to use. Mm-hmm. So just finger efficiency with your mm-hmm. left hand. And then for me, I took more away from my right hand, my techniques. Um, so in classical guitar, there's a uh, there's ways you can approach of attacking the string, which is like free stroke, rest stroke, all the kind of ways you can pick at the string. So mm-hmm. um, basically, you, you're gonna be hovering your hand, but I kind of cheat and put my pinky on the on the <laughs> on the song, on the ukulele face. Okay. And um, yeah, there's just a difference, you know, between a free stroke and a rest stroke. Um, just the kind of different sounds you can get, mm-hmm. and also being able to get different colors and different tones from the instrument by moving your hand around. Mm-hmm. So like. Before, I kind of just always played by the sound hole. Mm-hmm. But I was taught in classical guitar, like, no, if you play, you know, above the 12th fret, that's actually the ukulele sweet spot, and you'll get a very nice, warm tone. And here, I can actually show you. Ooh. Sorry. It's okay. So if you play over the sound hole, then this is the kind of sound you're going to get. Very um, okay. kind of okay, yeah, like okay, bright kind of sound. So. But then if you move your hand, your right hand, and hover over the 12th fret, which is the ukulele's sweet spot, then you'll get a very nice warm tone like this. And again, over the sound hole, you can hear the difference. 
and it's with you're playing with nails both yeah. times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big difference. Oh, and that's another. Oh, I'll get back to that. But and then the one of the another place where you can play um, is near the sound or near the bridge, where you can have a more like brash slash harsher mm. sound. Mm-hmm. So again, this is the twelve. This is over the sound hole, and then this is over the by the closer to the bridge. So very brash, though. So mm-hmm. Depending on what kind of sound you want, you can play it over specific parts of the fretboard to mm-hmm. kind of get across what you want to mm. what you want to play. But for me, the single most important thing that I took away from classical playing and what Dr. Yasui has taught me is how can you take a four-string instrument and orchestrate it? So when he told me that, I'm like, what do you mean orchestrate it? He's like, yeah, you know how an orchestra has a lot of different instruments and each mm-hmm. instrument has their, you know, like a specific part that they're trying to convey for the one big sound. But the thing is with the ukulele, you have four strings. How are you going to get, how are you going to kind of separate like all the things that's happening in a song? Because when you play a song, you're not playing all the strings at the same volume, mm-hmm. you know? You have the melody, you have the accompaniment. Sometimes you have a hidden bass line. Sometimes there's a inner moving line. Mm-hmm. There's a middle voice moving. So how are you going to try to portray all that? And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't, really think of any of those mm-hmm. things like i kind of just played and no it sounded <laughs> good so so by that i really had to know everything that was going on in the song before i would kind of just rush through it and <laughs> kind of just charge through it and play but mm-hmm. after um studying classical guitar and reading sheet music it's really apparent that you can see the melodies at top line the, lo- the lowest lines the bass line oh look there's a hidden there's a hidden uh, inner voice line right there mm-hmm. and oh i can see there's some counterpoint with the mm-hmm. with the music so before playing ukulele by ear, I would kind of just play whatever I hear and kind of mimic it. But now when you have sheet music, you can all the answers are there to kind of mm-hmm. how you can go about playing the piece. So how mm. can you how can you bring the melody out, you know, and really express the melody and play beautifully, but also how how can you handle the other notes that's not the melody? So for, for me, I learned like you gotta always bring the melody out. It's the most important part of the song. And you wanna play the other parts softer. So that it complements the melody, because you don't want to play everything one sound, because then it's all going to just sound the same. So, mm-hmm. so classical, classical music or classical interpretation really helped me uh, orchestrate the music I try mm-hmm. to play. I always try to focus like, where's the melody? How, I, how can I bring the melody out? Oh, this is the bass line. Let me try to bring that out, and it lets me really highlight the most important parts mm-hmm. of the music I'm playing. No, that makes sense. Um, for those of you that don't know what counterpoint is, there might have been some other terms people don't know, but counterpoint is where two melodies are happening at the same time. And there's some rules for, you know, whether they should go up together or down together a certain amount. Um, and once you learn all the rules, you throw them out the window, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't go up with parallel fifths. And it's like, okay, never mind. You can do whatever you want. Um, well, oh, but Bach does it. Oh, yeah. but he's Bach, so he's he can Bach. do it. You can't do it. <laughs> You're not allowed until you're Bach. Oh my gosh. So do you have um, a lot of instances where you play counterpoint on the ukulele? Two melodies that are going, well, in parallel, pretty easy, but like at different intervals, um, different directions. Actually, uh, in a few of Dr. Yasu's arrangements, um, there's a lot of counterpoint mm-hmm. like just there. And before he kind of told me about it and before I was like really aware of it, I kind of was just playing the music. Mm-hmm. But then when he made me analyze the music and we were going over it, he's like, yeah, do you see the hidden line? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, it's right here. <laughs> Where, and he'd be like, where's the melody? I'm like, oh, right here, the top line. He's like, yeah, but what's this line right below? I'm like, oh, he's like, okay, so how are you going to play that now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how, you know, 
how are you gonna play the counter like the counter melody so mm-hmm. you're gonna play that softer you're gonna play it the same tone so mm-hmm. all these things that just like wow like i have to be mm-hmm. thinking of so much so when you hear me play whether it's a classical piece or just almost any song or piece mm-hmm. th- there's so much going in through my head because of just like how am i gonna interpret this okay where's the melody where's how do how am i gonna play the accompaniment how is it gonna complement the melody mm-hmm. oh there's a bass line in this very specific section how do i bring that out but not you know to take out the melody too much so there's just mm-hmm. so much going in my head and although it's stressful to me that's what that's what music is and mm-hmm. that's what like really that's what's gonna take ukulele to the next level mm-hmm. is when people start realizing like ukulele can be played very seriously in a serious manner just like how classical guitar mm-hmm. is or any kind of classical instrument can yeah. be done the ukulele can be done just as well oh. I agree. I think that's awesome. It's completely possible. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Sui is he's the he's the forerunner proving that it, mm-hmm. it's possible. So Yeah. And you're 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 carrying that I'm, forward. I'm right? trying to carry his continue his torch. Charge forward. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I wanna keep carrying his torch. That's awesome. Oh man, there's so much great stuff in there. It's like, uh, what do I talk about next? Oh man, I could talk to you all day about this. <laughs> so good. Um I love when the, the counterpoint gets louder than the melody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like Here's the melody, and then now there's this other weird thing. It's a different. Instru- it's really easy to hear in, um, in an orchestra if it's two instruments like the trumpets playing the melody. Yeah. Now the violins playing a counter melody. It's mm-hmm. similar, but it's not quite the same thing. And then just having them balance each other, it's it's really beautiful most of the time. Um, I think the bad composers nobody hears them because they do things like that mm-hmm. where it's like it's just a mess. Mm-hmm. But the good ones where you hear it. Uh, so I'm really excited to hear it on the ukulele. That's those sorts of things like the counterpoint and the, mm-hmm. the considerations that you're talking about. Um, so this is all mostly on one ukulele. Are are you also talking about doing like four or 20 ukuleles at the same time in an orchestra, mm. classical, jazz, etc. experience? I guess in my experience, um, trying to incorporate counterpoint or, counterpoint or playing counterpoint was just it kind of just existed in Dr. Yusui's arrangements from mm-hmm. all his years of composing music and mm-hmm. arranging music. Um, but another thing that Dr. Yusui wanted um, that he's kind of really pushing for is he wants ukulele players to be able to read music mm-hmm. because once you once ukulele players can be able to read music, you can put sheet music in front of them and then you can split them up into parts and mm-hmm. have like an orchestra. Mm-hmm. So you can have four ukulele players playing part one, two, three, four mm-hmm. and... Yeah, then you can kind of experiment with like counterpoint mm-hmm. or just like really nice harmonies and stuff like that. But right now, I I think that a lot of ukulele players don't know how to read music. <laughs> no, but I um, wish they did more. Um, I do kind of, but you know, I I always tell my students I'm pretty bad at reading mm-hmm. music too. It's okay, just just work at it. Like speaking, and English. I'm guilty too. I'm terrible at reading music. <laughs> like if you put music in front of me, I I don't think I can sight read it, and I'm guilty. I wish I I got to work on it. You got a music degree? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, well, I can I can read it, but like sight reading for my instrument, I'm guilty. I'm oh, okay, really okay. slow at it. Okay, yeah. not so bad. I was going to say that's that's <laughs> impressive. Okay, someone who graduates with a music degree who cannot uh, confidently read sight read. Sheet music. That's oh good. no, we that's had good. to test out a lot of those in our RO training class okay. in college. So that was one of my hardest classes. Mm-hmm. I struggled in that. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm always working on it. I'm always trying to get better at sight yeah. reading. But it's really hard and it's as, intimidating. Even as a music teacher, it's like it's kind of embarrassing. Like, why can't I read better? And I practice, and I still feel like I'm not that good. Uh, <laughs> it's really rough. I I teach choir and 
in choir generally use piano. It's just it's just better mm-hmm. than anything else I've found. Um, unless there's like a her, accordion <laughs> choir teacher, mm-hmm. but um, reading sheet music for piano is it's it's a nightmare for me. I teach piano too, and it's like oh, what what? There's six notes. Come on. <laughs> Give me one at a time. I can't even imagine trying to read, sight read for piano, mm-hmm. reading bass and treble. So class. speaking of chords, do you sight read chords on yes. the ukulele? I'm more comfortable sight reading Ooh. chords and stuff That's rather intense. than the actual melody. Which oh. you think it's easier to sight read a That's melody weird. You're dealing with one line, but no, I'm more comfortable with Four notes chords. stacked versus one note at a time. Oh, okay, okay. But usually chords aren't moving quickly, like, you know, in uh, eighth you, notes. Yeah, yeah, Most yeah. of the time. Usually they'll be like on a, yeah, on the downbeat of a, yeah, a quarter yeah. beat, yeah. Um, but usually most ukulele music they notate or they'll have um, the tabs they have the tabs mm-hmm. or they'll have the just the name of the chord mm-hmm. above it so that I can read really well yeah yeah hmm. that's cool <laughs> I've been trying to work on it too to just better my uh my jazz playing mm-hmm. I'm still very like on a novice level but I'm mm-hmm. trying to get better and have you worked on the uh, the Benny Chong stretch the jazz stretch uh I'm working on an arrangement now and it does include that thumb chord Ooh, okay. but I'm still working on it but I'm trying thumb to thumb on the side and yeah <laughs> what is it two fingers on 10 I'm not sure what it's it like is. four four and then t- 10 and 12 Ooh. yeah it still hurts my thumb that hurts thinking about it <laughs> now I'm still okay. trying to develop my flat fingers like how Benny has mm-hmm. so that it just doesn't hurt to play those yeah. kind of chords. Well, you know, keep working on it. We'll get it. You got where you are today by doing that. So, um, so Mika, do you have anything that uh, coming up in the next year that you want people to really know about, like that you're working on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I am not set in stone yet. Um, but I'm trying to record my recital that I did back in November, all 10 of my pieces, and I actually want to put it down on the CD. Okay. And um, I want to go ahead and enter Nahuku Hano Hano Awards over nice. here with it. And um, I always kind of was nervous on when to enter that because usually when you enter for your first time, you can you can qualify for the most promising artist or uh, best upcoming artist of the year. You know, There's a lot of those awards, so I really want to be very strategic and very picky with like what album I wanted to or what album I wanted to showcase like this is me mm-hmm. like because I came out with an album back in 2016 but it was okay. mostly just a bunch of covers and it wasn't really my arrangements but mm-hmm. it's just something to have on CD it's very professional I can give out it's something to sell at gigs but mm-hmm. now this recital I think truly reflects me and what the kind of music I like to play and the kind of music that's going to define me is you know what, who is Mika Kane what kind of ukulele music does he play and what's mm-hmm. his style and to me what I did at the recital truly showcases like what i like to do what mm-hmm. like what my sound will sound like kind of mm-hmm. moving forward so um i'm gonna try work on it on you know until the end of the year and then try my best to enter nahoku's with it and awesome see where that goes and then after that i can kind of just make cds and not have to you stress sit about back it. on the beach no. the hardest one is the first one so after that i think it'll be kind of smooth sailing but awesome that's so, gonna, that's just in the works for me awesome can't wait to hear it thank you so where can people hear your music as of now, it's not on iTunes <gasps> or any on Spotify. So it's, people have to buy it from you. People have to come watch me play at gigs or okay. something like that. It's probably I'm worth guilty. it. It's probably worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh, I wanted to go back. It seemed like you wanted to talk about, and I wanted to talk about, the nails. So okay. for 
for classical guitar playing with a right hand. Yes. Have you always had nails long? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, even before I started taking uh, classical guitar lessons and, and playing the music, um, I always had relatively long fingernails. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one of the things that no one taught me. It kind of just worked for me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I, I ended up leaning on. Like nails mm-hmm. really help. Um, because if you don't have nails, then you'll have like kind of a soft, kind of a soft touch on the ukulele. And to me, nails really let me um, get the best of both worlds by having a really clear tone by using my nails, mm-hmm. or I can just use the flesh of my fingers to get the mm-hmm. sound I want. So, um, as for like filing my nails and shaping my nails, I didn't know what I was doing. I had to do a lot of experimentation <laughs> in high school. You didn't and- just go to the spa and say. Ukulele nails. <laughs> I got it. I learned how to do it myself, so I don't have to spend money. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. better. There you go. But yeah, in high school, I kind of just did whatever worked for me, and I did a lot of experimentation. Like, I really grew my nails out really long to mm-hmm. where, you know, everyone was like, it's disgusting. But yeah, I had to do what I had to do. You know, I was trying to experiment, and then yeah. um, I kind of had something going on for me that worked for a long time. And then when I um, started taking classical guitar lessons, um, my professor at the time, Ian O'Sullivan, amazing classical guitar player. You guys should look him up. Mm-hmm. But um, he made me shave my nails all the way down to the to the skin. So I had no nails. So he's oh. like, um, you're going to learn how to play without using nails. That way, you'll, you know, you don't really know what you have till it's gone. So mm-hmm. I never really shaved my nails like completely down to the skin where I Ooh. didn't have anything. So he's like, yeah, do it. So I did it for a whole semester. And my gosh, I never missed my nose so much in my life. <laughs> so when I grew, when I when it grew back, then I finally realized like, wow, this makes such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And then I had to study from this book called um, Pumping Nylon by Scott okay. Tennant. And he actually goes over very specific ways of how to shape and how to file your nail. Uh, what's just been proven to be the most effective for classical guitar playing. So ever since then, I've been kind of following his method of like how to file nails and how to mm. like what length it should be, what the shape should look like. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of down to a science, mm. pretty crazy. So awesome. I've just been doing that ever since. So I pumping sh- nylon, pumping nylon. Scott okay, yeah. Ukuleles have nylon strings, or I should ask, do you prefer nylon or fluorocarbon? <sighs> You're not sure. Fishing line. <laughs> <laughs> I think I use fluorocarbon. Well, right now my current strings I use wart strings, so I okay. think I think they're fluorocarbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are my go-to strings. Nice. For now, right? Yeah. They're a Japanese string, Japanese harp strings. Mm-hmm. So very um um it's it, it kind of you sacrifice the warm tone, but to me it lets me get, uh, articulate my notes a lot better. It's mm-hmm. a lot brighter, so it gets it re- I can really get a variety of sounds. Mm-hmm. It's like if I really if I want a really harsh brush sound, I can get that sound with mm-hmm. these strings. So it awesome. just really works for me. Low tension. Cool. Well, Mika Kane, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Ah, thank you for having me, Bobby. It's been a pleasure talking yeah. to you. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. It was really cool to chat with Mika, and I am so lucky that I ran into him at Kamaka. He was very gracious with his time because I asked him for the interview just before we recorded. So a huge mahalo to Mika and Chris and everyone at Kamaka for helping make this possible. Be sure to check out Mika's music and website at mikakane.com. That's M-I-K-A-K-A-N-E.com. If you enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general, please consider a one-time or recurring tip at buymeacoffee.com slash ukuleleabe. It takes less than a minute to sign up, and the support goes a long way to make the show bigger and better. Well, thanks again for joining us. 
To close out the show, here's Mika playing his ukulele arrangement of Bach's Cello Suite Number 1, Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> 